Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. <laughs> Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome into Kentucky Roll Call Thursday, May 19th on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, who was a little slow on the trigger this morning. You right over there? A little bit. Big Blue Drew brought me biscuits and gravy. Distracted me. It did distract you. Big Blue (laughs) Drew in the house today. We're excited. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to have you. I don't. You you are wearing layers though, and it's 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 summer for me, and I don't know how you're doing. I know Memorial Day hasn't happened. Can I address that? Yes. It's it's because I'm in work attire, and I was I kind of feared that my formal wear would would become a big show topic, and I I was trying to avoid that. You were trying to cover it up a little bit. I'm wearing it for you, my my sweater vest. It is a nice sweater vest. Thank you. I appreciate it. That worked well. Is it? Do you enjoy (laughs) uh, wearing nice clothes? To work every day. Um, I enjoy being comfortable. So if, it, if they're nice and comfortable, the, the older I get, if a pair of pants fits right, uh, Big Blue Drews probably know it's about four days a week. No no dress shoes? Do you do the, Or do you do the ones that look like dress shoes, but they yeah. don't feel like it? Yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. Uh, these what? are, I would describe these as fake Cole Hans, though. They get asked oh, a lot. Yes. But no, I, I've got, I've got some of those, too. Yeah. The, Cole, the Coles Han. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Coles. Nice. Uh, no, free, no free ads here, though. Uh, it's... We're gonna we're gonna do some catch up with Big Blue Drew, but there's also a lot of sports news today. More sports topic than we used to. We've got lists, we've got rankings, and we've also got some NCAA rule changes to discuss. Uh, so the the sports landscape isn't completely barren for Thursday, which is kind of a nice surprise. It's been a uh, you know it's been summer radio uh, to a degree uh, this week. Uh, today, Justin, I made an executive decision. We're giving out. Tickets to Louder Than Life and Bourbon and Beyond to podcast listeners of today's show. Nice. Yeah, that's so, how we should So do. we'll unveil it on Friday and get everybody's weekend started nice. the right way. Uh, Big Blue Drew, have you ever been to uh, one of the concerts, either the Bourbon and Beyond or Louder Than Life? I know they had a, a country festival there for a while, too. Was Machine Gun Kelly at one of those, or was that something yes. else? Yes. Okay. He was at Louder yeah. Than Life. So I went there and was the only person that was there to see him, and everyone else booed him. But I was there. That was one of the most awkward experiences I've been to. So I get it. Um, tease me about MGK. But that, yeah, so I went to that one. But that's the only one popped in, popped out. Not a big music guy, but I know those festivals are fun. Yeah, and what I think is really nice about it, too, 
is, you know, unlike some places, they got a nice setup where it's easy to get. You know, if you need to get a drink or anything, uh, it's no problem. But what's what's really cool about it is that instead of having to walk to different stages and you're worried about missing an act or something, they have two stages, like, right next to each other. Right. I remember that. And so if you have uh, a, a favorite band you want to go see, let's say, say you really want to be there up close in front for Chris Stapleton, but you don't want to miss the Doobie Brothers on Sunday, then you can you can get up close and still hear the Doobie Brothers at the same time. And as soon as they go off, there's no downtime in between. You don't have this like in between period. It's a great setup, and, and even if you can't win tickets, I highly encourage you to check out those festivals this September. You can go to LiveToTheLife.com or BourbonAndBeyond.com to get your tickets today. Post COVID, that type of stuff is just going to be turned up, dude. Lit. Everyone's kind of yeah. out of that mindset. So this would be a great year to win your tickets to go. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll we'll give you a little bit more information on how our podcast listeners can check that out later on. Uh, Big Blue Drew, do you know who who presents our podcast over at Kentucky Roll Call? Cornbread Hemp. Oh, hey. Hey. There we go. Yeah, no, I knew. I, I I know all the sponsors, and then I get put and on it, the spot, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I did I did that last time with the golf courses, but yes, <laughs> I mean, I, I needed a good night's sleep last night, so it would have been awesome to have some cornbread hemp and. I hear amazing things. I haven't tried it myself, um, but maybe I'm, I'll make a point to do that there we this go. weekend. And I'm going to use the code as well. Yeah, promo code Big X gets you thirty percent off a checkout. Thirty percent off, man. It's ridiculous. All organic, full spectrum CBD products at Cornbread Hemp. I really did do the thing. It's kind of like when people come on here to do trivia, and you know the answer any other time, but when you get put on the spot, yeah, it can be tough. I even volunteered to do the golf courses last time and think I named one. <laughs> but. Hey, you know what? We, we, uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate your effort. Uh, and we appreciate Cornbread Hemp because they're fantastic. They're outstanding. How, how are things in the world of Big Blue Drew? Uh, you're, you're, you're making big adult moves. Yes. Um, I was going to say, I hope we don't discuss any current events unless they involve like vacuum sealing toddler clothes, labeling them by year, stroller assembly. <laughs> Uh, $7,500 minivan shopping, like things like that, uh, because we're preparing for the twins, right? So it's been quite the off-season for me. We're looking at mid-July, so AU season's ramping up, which is a busy time. Oh, yeah, that's true, um, especially the month of May. Big time. So we got some nice events this weekend, actually, on the girls' side. I'm excited about that. We get some stuff rolling. So I'll I'll, I'll say what a lot of people say. It's busy, but good busy. So I I can't complain, and I'm a— Depending on when you ask me, I'm either terrified or you know elated to get these babies yeah, in the world. You yeah. know, there's there's the and I I went through like three of them yesterday, and it's all like based on how tired you are. <laughs> we're yeah, we're, right, yeah. we're like, like that I, moment. It's uh oh, I'm excited to go pick up my son, and then I come home, and I'm like, are you just that I don't know what it is that like there's like a switch where you're just like, man, I'm pooped out right now. I need to just chill, and then he's playing with his cars, and they're making these noises, and you're like, oh, you're Dude, it's, it's a lot. But I could ask the, the KRC family for some help. I don't think I did this the last time I was on, but hit up the text line. I'm, we're still open to names. We got two Ooh, boys. Nice. Yes. So uh, some front runners for me. I like Dale and Brennan. If you're getting that one, that would be, <laughs> Dale and Brennan would be great. Wife's not on board with any of these. Um, not Chip and Dale either? So I get Aaron and Aaron, Aaron and Andrew a lot. Obviously, yeah, my yeah. name's Andrew. So you never know. That could be on there. Ooh, um, I yeah. like Lee and Braun. She really hates that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hit up the text line because we are open. Maybe you guys have some awesome ones. Yes, we would love to hear your suggestions for Big Blue Drew's uh, boy twins coming this summer. Uh, 502 
414-1450. That's the number to get into the Thornton's text line. Um, I'm I'm big on uh, not a well, I guess alliterative names. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a, rhyming's been thrown out of the thrown out. Yeah, bad. yeah, rhyming with alliteration. Yeah, I'm all about alliteration, and I'm big into four letters, one syllable. Who's your really? favorite athlete of all time? My fa- Kobe Bryant. So yeah, name him Kobe and Bryant. I, would, I do, I do Kobe. Okay, oh my, we got one and Kobe Bri- and Bryant. Bryant Brown's strong too. I like that. That is strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you really do have to think about. I I think especially with boys, you got to consider. Can you imagine this person being a point guard or a quarterback? <laughs> like, I sorry, Cody's out there, but I just can't imagine. A, 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 maybe if you're like a, a six foot nothing guy from Texas, you know, like a, 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 maybe a Cody Brown could be a gunslinger, but that doesn't have the strong kind of uh, th- this guy. This guy can draw, uh, throw the long ball. That's a terrible idea, too, Justin. Can you imagine if you were the one not named Kobe? <laughs> oh, yeah, but, that's true. No, you'd but be, I mean... No, I, you'd, you'd be tremendously jealous it, of your twin brother if, if he was Kobe <laughs> and you were Brian. Well, when you talk about names and how they sound, I mean, Bryant sounds way better. Bryant's yeah. the cooler name. Yeah, you're true. I guess they might go through phases with yeah. that, actually. You might yeah. hate that name and love that right. name. Oh, yeah, Being that's a tall, true. goofy, white guy named but the, Kobe. But Bryant, <laughs> but Bryant couldn't yell Kobe when he shot. <laughs> right. Only Kobe could. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good stuff. The, there's also you could ha- be Callie and Perry. Um, yeah, but I think you I have need... Calvin though. I already have Calvin. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's already people, taken. People were turning on me this summer saying I was a, a Calipari, you know, hater turning in. I'm like, can't be, man. I'm uh, I'm not. So that that's a good point to get into the sports conversation, Big Blue Drew, because on this show there there is a certain I feel like there's a certain spectrum in which Kentucky fans fall in on how their thoughts are with John Calipari. At this moment. And I do think that it changes. It can change from week to week. And to be quite frank with you, I think I'm even uh, less apologetic. Like, right now, I'm probably at my best about John Calipari because I haven't had to think about him mm-hmm. in a while. He hasn't been doing uh, – he hasn't talked a whole lot. There hasn't been a lot of U.K. news. We kind of know what the roster is going to be. Um, we've been accused of being Calipari butt slappers, and I think rightfully so because – uh, as angry as we were at the first round exit by St. Peter's, there's also a, well, I don't know what you can get that's better. And also, Cal's been pretty good, generally yep. speaking. And right now, I think they'll, I know it's Joey Lenardi and it's hard to take what he says for granted, but he, he has Kentucky as the number one seed next year. In all these preseason things, they're going to be a preseason top five team. So, I generally am more on the butt slapper end of the spectrum versus the torches and pitchfork spe- spectrum. Where do you fall in line this offseason? Oh, I'm definitely, you know, on the his side. I'm not definitely not a, you know, weighing towards the he needs to go or Calipari hater side of that spectrum. But the, it's kind of hard to put into words, but I think I've been summarizing it since the unfortunate loss in Indianapolis is that now I can at least see the point of view of the Calipari yeah, haters. Yeah. As to where previous to this year, I was like, wanted to bang some of them against the wall, you know, and I was like, you know, what are, what are you seeing here? The program's in great shape. And part of me, too, um, another area, then I'll kind of throw this back to you, Nick, is, is see if you feel the same way. But, but I think I have finally classified myself as like, I do think it matters that you just have your team ready to play in March. I know they say it doesn't matter. It's the results that they get to the Final Four. Like, looking at this sport and the randomness that goes into it, I right. think there is something to be said about that. And I think about post Calipari, 
am I going to feel the same way going into March that we, no matter what we say, we do feel that way every year. And I do believe there's something to be said about that. Yeah. And I, I still remember TJ kind of picking apart some of Cal's comments going into the tournament, talking about how we should just appreciate this team and stuff where he saw the signs a little bit too. And this might be the first time that he's had it, uh, excluding the year prior. So he stacked up back-to-back years where the team wasn't at its best going into March, which that's a rarity. You know, mm-hmm. usually it was we're, we're getting through the, the bumps in the road early on, uh, but the ceiling is still so high because this team is so young that in March, the, the sky's the limit if you can start getting clicking at the right time. And, and I think some of that might have to have to deal with he's got an older team now. Yeah. Last year was unlike any team that he's had throughout his tenure where it's still a bunch of new guys, but there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of old heads. Uh, and I, I think maybe that might have – they might have thrown off his equation a little bit because in February, I mean, it was they had a Devin Booker like February, and I guess going into late January this as well. This team is built for March. Beating, that's what he said, right? Yeah, yeah. this team is built for March. So they, they were they were built for mid January <laughs> to February. They had that six week stretch uh, where you know they they you know absolutely take Kansas behind the woodshed at Fog Allen. Uh, did you did you did you go to that game? I didn't. I really wanted to go to that game. I almost went as a fan, but I didn't. And to your point, I remember I would um I would do some radio with Dick Gabriel every week after the coaches show. And I remember for like weeks and weeks during the middle of the season, the whole sentiment was just keeping the team loose. You could feel that the only way he thought that team something like that was going to happen yeah. is if they got in the game and everybody was tight. And that's kind of exactly what we saw, <laughs> coupled with just the injury mess that you know yeah. got continuity all messed up. And then this sounded real losery in mid-March, but now now that we're trending towards the summer, I mean, Nick, how many times have we seen an NCAA tournament where a, a top seed almost loses that game and then goes on a nice run? That's true. And I yeah. think that, you know, none of us were, were really talking about Kentucky not getting out of the first weekend prior to that game starting. Everybody in that arena was at that game. Tennessee fans and Kentucky fans we're just locked in to the next weekend and you know yeah, traveling yeah. to the next stop. So it's easy to say now how broken it was towards the end because they did lose. But, you know, even again in one of a terrible year under Calipari terms in any program, I guess, I still think that there was there was a lot of meat on the bone there. And unfortunately it just yeah. it blew up. But next year, now kind of, you know, rounding it out is very important year for him. It's most important for sure at Kentucky, no doubt about it. Well, and, and you you did make the point too, where I think a lot of people were that like a lot of the Cal haters sounded ridiculous about like, if he doesn't get this fixed, he's got to go. Well, yeah. and now you're like, well, fool me once, shame mm-hmm. on you. Fool me twice, shame. well, fool me three times, yeah. and that and that's where, that's why this year is so important, and it's also important uh, on the recruiting trail. Thanks to Kenny Payne, hashtag he won those games. Yeah, and uh, a lot of it's just how he makes makes you feel. You know, win losses are everything. You know, that's always going to be the ultimate determining factor in your opinion of Coach Cal, but I think this year, um, but you know, between the lines aside and just, you know, the comments that he makes, the way that he carries himself, I think that he's gonna reset his batteries a little bit on appreciating the big blue nation and kind of um you know, in a way tailoring, you know, the way that he operates to the fan base because I think that um with the amount of money he makes and the results we've seen the last few years gotta do that. Yeah, I mean part of job security is also getting 
fans are a big part of that. Part of me, too. And I, I, every time I say that, Nick, I always come back to part of me loves that Cal doesn't bend the knee to anybody, though. Like, part of me really yeah. does like that. But, it, again, it's only great when you're, when you're winning exactly. at a high clip. That's, and, and that's where you get the fine balance, and that's what he has to strike this offseason. And, unfortunately, you know, you can't really do much to change anybody's mind until you win some games. Now, mm-hmm. they're going to have that summer trip. They still haven't announced it. What what you you sound relatively optimistic about this upcoming basketball mm-hmm. season and can can you point us into the direction of wow how do you think this team the build of this team can make them a successful team that's ready to return to glory in March might be a, a hot topic for some but I'm a huge Xavier Wheeler fan I think that what he brings to the Ooh. table is um is good for any any coach Cal coach team and and the type of rosters that he assembles. I know you could definitely call attention to you know mistakes that he's made, especially late in the game, um, when they lost in the NCAA tournament. But you're you're talking about the literal assist leader in the conference, um, and by yeah. a large margin this year, it was like by almost two assists or one and a half assists, um, coming back for a third year. And I'm telling you, as somebody that's been fortunate enough to to see him play really really close, man, you would not want to dribble a basketball around that guy. <laughs> I've seen him take the soul of some underclassmen, mid-major point guards, um, just from the get-go. So I love his tenacity and what he brings. So I, I think initially, you know, a backcourt that's at least, you know, has some experience is going to be big. And then ball indications, Casey Wallace is going to be, you know, a stud. Yeah. And um, kind of tying it back to what we were just talking about, I did have a little fatigue with that, too. It was like a week after the loss, you know, it's like, don't worry, Casey Wallace is coming, like, you know, after he played in the Jordan game. So that's where I see um, – Fans kind of just being like same old, same old, even with like the stuff that I could say about why next year's team, you know, could be so good. Obviously returning the national player of the year. Right. Um, but so many people, and again, I'm starting to side with them a little bit. Um, you know, nothing's going to matter until Kentucky gets a big win. I think a huge portion of the fan base, very little will excite them until Kentucky has a big win, like a, at Kansas type yeah. deal, Campton's Classic, something like that. And, and there's also going to be a um – weird short-term, long-term memory thing where even that those big wins, well, you'll, you'll enjoy them probably like that night and then you'll start hearing about, well, you know, it doesn't matter though yeah, until March. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, whenever you, you sign a football recruit and it's like, all right, this is great, but it don't matter till signing day. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. They were taken for granted almost, those yeah. big wins. Yeah, no, no, certainly. And I think they will in the fall because Kentucky's going to win some big games. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, we don't know exactly what the schedule will look like, but that's what. The, you... Now, the worst thing that I've been kind of thinking too, because Kentucky's clearly going to be, you know, ranked highly in the preseason. So, the, to me, the worst thing. You know, they usually have kind of a gauntlet there at the beginning. We know. I think the Champions Classic got pushed back a week. It, yeah. So you're you're going to get a warm up game or two. Yep. So I don't know. Let's just say you drop that one, or especially if you play poorly, that's when really it could be it could be a long early part of the. Our late part yes. of the fall there yeah. into November, December. Like so that, hopefully uh, they come out and look great in the Champions Classic. Like when Tower Heroes team got smacked by Zion and Co. That oh. was Woo. that was a tough month of November. Yeah, um, very tough month. Of Do, it's gonna be a tough morning. You just mentioning that is, is it? <laughs> is Kansas? It's Kansas is up in Champions Classic, right? Yeah, Kansas, yeah, Michigan it, State, Duke, Kentucky. I think this will be the year that we will that, play Michigan. No, Kansas. We'll play. That, Kansas. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 Um, so Kansas. defending national champs. Second week of the season, even though they won't have a lot of the same cast of characters. I I hate to say uh, to Big Boo Drew that I think a lot of my 
not blind optimism, but my hesitant optimism is less about the returners and more about Case and Wallace because I just don't a lot of stock in him. Especially in because him. the the guard play everybody last offseason was shooters, shooters, you gotta get shooters. And Kentucky got those shooters mm-hmm. and they were pretty darn good, but it didn't matter. And when it down at the end, because a sh- a good, even the best shooter in the Southeastern Conference can get cold, like Kellen Grady did. Uh, a shooter like C.J. Frederick can get hurt. Uh, Davion Mintz, same thing. If Kaysom Wallace can be a guy that can get to the rim and finish, which is not what Xavier Wheeler can do. Right. And, and that's, that scoop shot was electric there for a few weeks. I don't know what yeah. happened to that. And, and, and also, I think teams just figured out, okay, True. he's going to go for this, so we can kind of cut him off or just push him as far to the baseline as we possibly can to try to defend it. But, like, even when Kentucky had Quickly or Maxi, guys who were pretty good with the ball in their hands but not necessarily the lead point guard, they, they it was a lot of floaters. Like, Kaysom Wallace is the first – Two guard, probably since Monk, that would just that can just take you off the dribble and go dunk on your face, yep. right? And we've seen that too with Cal teams, just how important that yeah. that piece is to the puzzle every year. We saw with with BJ Boston what we expected, what ended up being reality, right. and even with Ty Ty Washington, you know he had some you know phenomenal stretches throughout the season, but ultimately I don't think he brought to last year's team what they really needed, which is some electricity. Um, You know, I think that's going to go a long way. Just having a little bit, you know, being a little bit more dynamic and, um, you know, again, by all indications, this guy could be a lockdown defender as well. So I I think his, um, whatever he brings to the table is really going to, you know, Go a well, long way for this team win loss column, and, th- and that was the thing that always frustrated me with Tata too. Tata did not like getting all the way to the rim. He was good at using his body to create some space, but he didn't like getting to the rim and actually finishing through contact, getting to the free throw line. Because like, you know, call me old fashioned. If your shots aren't going in, go to the free throw line. Watch him go in a few mm-hmm. times. And I've mentioned this about um, Tata Washington a few times. Like, and you know, he's he's still projected by you know most to go in the lottery to feel like top fifteen area, maybe even higher, and um. When do you see that with the point guard guard? I mean, he, you do remember him dunking on anybody or having any plays where he finished at the rim um, oh, with yeah. athleticism. So not really knocking him as that. It's just kind of unusual to me, especially a Kentucky guard and one that's going to get drafted so highly just to wear him. That's just kind of not a part of his game. He's just slow right. pace, smooth. But, um, you know, in transition and stuff, I feel like, you know, he might struggle in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. The the There's been a quite a few post – uh, post lottery mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Shaden Sharp's donks are high. Ty Ty Washington's right on that fringe where it's like it, it's just going to depend mm-hmm. on if the, it, it is the team sold on him or not, whether he's going to go in the lottery or not. Um, I'm sure you have some Shaden Sharp fatigue, like the rest mm-hmm. of us. Well, yeah, I'm just, it's it's lessening now, I guess, for me because I can you can see a finish line no matter what. Um, I guess <laughs> right. June first, it's going to be over. I got a pr- couple pre writes ready. Um, I'll say my one for him staying in the NBA draft is about eighty percent longer than my one um, for him returning. <laughs> so I know um, you know the, the writing's that. been on the wall. But you're prepared, uh, man. Uh, I did though. I ended up watching. I actually heard you mention it because I hadn't seen it. So I watched that little clip that he they put together for him. And, oh my gosh, man! And just. <laughs> I think Seriously. Kentucky fans too are like kind of looking for you know any reason to you know to to draw maybe some negativity towards him and it's just like oh so he has impeccable footwork like you know whatever like there's just nothing that you can find about 
um, anything that you've seen as far as with the basketball in his hands to like raise any questions whatsoever. Like he's just so smooth and athletic that I'm excited to watch him play. <laughs> I think everyone wants to finally <laughs> yeah. see that. Uh, watch him warm up. Come watch him warm up. Get in there. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm my fatigue's lessening. I'm glad that it's all going to come to an end, and now we just all need to turn the page and hope that he's the next Michael Jordan because ultimately his name will be attached to Kentucky, and and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, not right now. It's not. It's overall a net positive, um, but if Cal's hanging out with Shaden at the draft, people are just going to be. Yeah, mad. that's fair. Yeah, or if he, again, it was everything in sports. Um, it's all about how he plays. If he goes in the league and struggles, I don't think you know that's not going to do anything um, to to lo- soften this blow to the fan base. I think that if he plays well over time, I feel like people will start, you know, recognizing his name with Kentucky and being all right with it. Yeah, and also being like, okay, we get it. That's why he yeah. was just trying to get there as quickly as possible. I got to see him in warmups, man, and it's just that kid yeah. is a yeah. freak, an absolute freak. We um, we need to get to our first break. We when we come back. We're going to discuss some rule changes. I've got a question for you, Big Blue Drew, okay. about the Kentucky football program. And we got much more on the Thornton's text line. Get into the show. Give us some name suggestions yeah. for, uh, for Drew's twin boys that are coming this summer. I, I, I know you all have some creative juices flowing this morning. Let them have it. 502-414-1450 is the number to the Thornton's text line. I'm Nick Roush. He's Justin Kalen. That's Big Blue Drew. And this is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Call. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, Big Butcher, rocking with you on a Thursday morning. Man, that's got me fired up. I don't know if it's the caffeine from Thornton's. Rob Zombie, Super Beast. Some great coffee from Thornton's. Great donuts. Those donuts, man. Someone brought those into work one day, and I thought they just balled out at like some specialty bakery, but mm. nope, this is just... <laughs> Thornton's Donuts, man. We did do the awkward thing where I brought in donuts and Big Blue Drew brought in yep. breakfast as well. So it's a feast here at the Big X. Sports yeah, if studio. we get if we start getting sleepy in hour number two, it's because our bellies are full. Normally, I'd have been really hype about the donuts, but I, I was telling Big Blue Drew that biscuits and gravy are my favorite food of all yeah, time. Yeah, we we had this conversation not that long ago. Whereas, if you could choose one food for the rest of your life, oh no question. Yeah, which. I, I, I've been able to say that at one point in time, but also the heaviness of it. Just, yeah, that's a terrible choice for food all time. I why? Think. I mean, you're, you're always going to be full. You're going to get the nutrition you need. Uh, you got, just, you like, got meat? I just think you it's got bread? consistency, man, over oh, I'd time. Love it. There's just no yes. crunch or anything. See, that, uh, that, and, and now granted, you could go lighter. On the, like that's how you can miss it up, mix it up, but the consistency day after day. Would, you just burn the biscuits. You would be like. If uh, that's all you want is a crunch. Eating gruel. You know, <laughs> like you're in you're yeah, in yeah. Folsom Prison, and they're just scooping mm. out. I can just hear it slopping on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I made them extra sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, text under the Thorns text on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the number. Yesterday, the NCAA they 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 
officially gave the green light to a number of proposals that had been discussed previously. Uh, they've they, they they've added transfer portal windows where there's going to be a specific time that you can put your name in and out of the portal, which isn't too much different than what they have going right now. So uh, there's a period between April 15th and May 1st. Um, So it's not too different than when we saw the natural windows happening, but essentially it allows, um, like, if you don't make a bowl game, then it's mid-December to ho- to be able to get your transfers. And for anybody else, it's a little bit later. So the windows aren't too different, but it's when your season ends for a few weeks and then after spring practice for a few weeks, gotcha. which is kind of what we were already operating under at this point because that was – but now they're, just, they're putting a little bit stricter deadlines, uh, and that's kind of throwing the coaches a bone because they're, they don't want to be checking that thing out all the time, which, you know what, fine by me, whatever. Uh the scholarship thing, I know I heard about that. That, to me, seems like a game changer. And, and that one is for a variety of reasons. So the scholarship one, you can now there, – there used to be a cap. You can't add more than 25 players per year. And so, like, in Kentucky's case – You couldn't, like, Kyra LZ clean house and bring in, like, a whole new scholarship roster. You're limited just 25 right. the way the rules were written. And, and so uh, – you had to play the balancing act. How many high school guys do we want? How many transfers? In mm-hmm. 2021, it was 18 high school kids, seven uh, transfers. I, I don't know what the number is as of right now uh, off the top of my head. I know that was what it was last year, though, because I, I I wrote it this week <laughs> in a post. But the big reason why they're doing it is is for what you just mentioned, especially in football, like – Shane Beamer last year had six unused scholarships because South Carolina had 31 people leave the program after Will Muschamp was fired, but he could only bring in 25 more. Right. Kansas might might be in the 60s if this rule isn't passed on their <laughs> roster because they had just half their team leave. So that that's had a big to do it then. That's a big reason why. But here's another reason why that could really help. As much as Stoops, we like the way he's recruiting and all that. Some years are swings and misses. Mm-hmm. A 2019 class, of the 25 people that they added in 2019, how many do you think are still in the roster? How many was it? 2019, there were 25 people. 25. This was J.J. Weaver's class, your your boy, Ooh, more Mustang. So, so one. Yeah. Uh, man, I know. Eight. Close. There are only six players left on the roster. Now, two of those were JUCO contributors, Brandon Eccles in the NFL. Quandre Mosley just graduated. His eligibility ran up. But they had they, they swung and missed on a lot of guys in that class. I think 14 or 15 of them were transfers. Xavier Peters was that year, uh, if you'll recall. But they they had a lot of people leave. And with this rule now, if you have those swings and misses and you think that this year is a great year for the transfer portal. You can load up. You can go all in and load up on talent. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it can cover up some of your mistakes. Justin. It definitely just from a, you know my high level perspective. I mean, if you're adding guys that have proven they can play in the SEC, like we saw with Jacquez Jones this year, the first time I saw that dude on a football field, it was just obvious that he was used to popping pads. Man, that that dude was ready right, to right. roll. 
So I can understand them. But part of me, too, um, you know, I think about football recruiting in the University of Kentucky. You can tell it, it's a family thing to them. So I think, and you would know much better than me, Nick, um, part of them, you know, they may like that this guy's all in from 18 years old on Kentucky football. And, you know, we got him from the beginning. And I think they really sell that um, family you know, style at Kentucky. And not to say you can't do that in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it is different. They're coming from a different program. They're going to be relearning a culture, hopefully embracing yours, I guess, which is a risk. But nowadays, I mean, you're going to have to – I mean, coaches' jobs are, like, literally twice as difficult now. They have, you mm-hmm. know, two different places they're having to recruit from. So And it's a different type of recruit. Got to do both, point. yeah. yeah. Are you still not going to get situations like your South Carolinas and your Kansases? You, I mean, they didn't make it unlimited. They just put it up to 32, right? Uh, it's it's not – it is unlimited per year. Oh, okay. I thought, just, I, I thought I saw 32. You just have to stay underneath your 85, 85. total gotcha. scholarship limit. Okay. So um, – and that's where that, that – those are the numbers. That's where that stands. The big one that could impact Kentucky – Right away this fall, and this is where I'll, I want to get your opinion, Big Blue Drew. They're removing the requirements for conference championship games, where it does not have to be the division winners that play in the championship game. When that rule became official, the Pac-12 had a press release. They had a pre-write oh. that said, all right, divisions, see ya. It's the two teams with the highest winning percentages. Now, they're not going to change the schedules this fall where they're they're – where they're going to get weird and start having inter- a lot of interdivisional opponents play one another, uh, but it's going to be whoever has the highest winning percentage. The SEC meetings are about to begin. Yeah, they're all going down to hang out at the beach in Destin, Florida. That could be something that they leave the meetings and say, all right, we're going to do this. It might not be this. I, they could do a variety of things. Um, my question for you this year, because things are teed up pretty nicely. Would you prefer that they keep the system intact for this fall, or would you like to see them just go to the teams with the two highest winning percentages? I want to keep it intact because I want to win the East as is, as it's always been, at least once. I think that would be awesome. I think that's been how many you know morning radios have we talked about Kentucky potentially beating Georgia and Florida and winning the SEC East, so... I'd venture, or I'd, I'd lean towards leaving it that way, just so we can we can win one, and it won't, um, you know, potentially have anything to do. Even though it, it could be a lot more difficult the other way if they were to to potentially do it. So I say leave it intact. But ultimately, um, overall, I like the idea. I could kind of be swayed either way because, you know, in, in reality, every sport, you know, you're in an Eastern Conference, a Western Conference, so you have some of that where you're going to have the top teams that have have to play each other before, you know, maybe later or in a bowl game or a championship game and you know, everything's kind of seated that way for a reason. So you, you could um, convince me either way overall. It's really good for the conferences, though, and the way I see it. Because you're – instead of having to put your conference or division winner, you're putting your best two teams, yeah, which in yeah. the long run will go into the playoffs well, and hopefully bring your – your conference and championship. More exciting matchups, too, year to year. Yeah. You know, we don't, yeah. you know, the ones you don't normally see, you're going to get to see. And, you know, I'm sure they'll use some strategy and set them up for certain years so they're blockbusters, well, things like that. There could be years where it's Michigan and Ohio State play a rematch a week later, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think actually would have happened last year <laughs> with the way that the, the way this schedule and records unfolded. Uh, I, I do agree with you, Big Blue Drew, only. 
for this reason that the schedule is actually set up kind of nicely for Kentucky this year. Mm-hmm. And if that were to be the case, you would want Georgia to have Bama or somebody like that on their schedule where you could maybe have a few games taken away from them. Uh, but this year their cross-divisional opponent is Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big game, too, if they can you know, potentially even be undefeated going down there. So I, I, I'm at the point where – I don't know if doing the win. I think the winning percentages would have a better chance at hurting Kentucky than actually helping them right away, because the, there's a scenario. I, I guess. I guess ultimately, the best case scenario, if they if they switch to if they're doing what the Pac-12 is doing this year, if like somehow Alabama was vulnerable, and you had them get upset by somebody, you had Texas A&M. Basically, you had the West cannibalize itself. Right, and then even though you lost to Georgia as a one-loss SEC East team, you could have two SEC East teams playing in the SEC championship because the East would be so down. I got you. That makes sense. So, like, that's really the only scenario that could happen. But I also just I I think Alabama is going to be so awesome this year. They're head and shoulders above everybody. That I don't I don't I don't see that playing out. But that's really the only positive out of it. What I ultimately predict will happen is that they don't do this right away. They keep divisions for one more year, at least one more year. But I think they wait to do their big changes until Oklahoma and Texas get there so that they can change up the scheduling as a total and then blow up the divisions at that time. Man, if Nick Saban's listening, he's probably just trembling at the idea of eliminating these divisions and potentially having to play Kentucky more. Oh, gosh. The SEC West coaches, Man. I just can't even imagine. They're they're probably together right now somewhere brainstorming how to shut this whole thing down because, you know, nobody wants to play Kentucky no, any more than they have to right now, especially There's, coming to hey, Lexington. You see signs, we want Bama. Yeah. Nobody makes signs, yeah, we want right. Kentucky. They don't. Because they're scared. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Nick Saban, you're going to see him in the news a lot today. Why is that? He, uh, so uh, I know about the World Games because my sisters are in Birmingham, and they've made it a very big deal down there. Uh, the World Games are, oh, your sport is in the Olympics? Well, we're going to play it at the World Games. Oh, okay. So I like this. It is all of the most random events possible i just made my daughter watch dodgeball like this weekend i'm like you've never seen this and so she got a big kick out of you know espn 8 the ocho right right this is tracking with that oh yeah it really is i mean now granted there's some that are uh just sports that fell off but like it is a like jaila i think is on there tug of war yeah exactly (laughs) i mean like it is this looks amazing it, it is the ocho of olympic games um but they're they're that's happening this summer, and ahead of the events, they had like Nick. Of course, you're going to bring Nick Saban to like speak to people. He got asked about nil, and he gave a seven minute response. It took him five minutes to call out Jimbo Fisher for paying for his players. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Our guys made $3 million last year the right way. <laughs> Which it really is. You're, we're getting in a war of words. I guess if you want, if you're looking at it from a, um, would you rather be with the John Calipari's and the Nick Sabans of the world, or would you rather be with the Josh Heupel's and the Jimbo Fishers? Yeah, probably the former. Um, but if you're Kentucky football, like I, you know, if they offered Jordan Addison eight hundred thousand dollars, like it was reported, yeah. Big Blue Drew, I would have said yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, do you have more that he yes. would like to take? Just whatever you need to do to get that guy, you do it. Uh, so I think it does for me. Uh, 
in my mind, it, it varies a little. Bit I just really school. hope we don't. We're not sitting here in two or three years and like it's just this, it's basically kind of like the same thing. We're just talking about a guy eating too much spaghetti at the team meal and we got to report it as a violation. Like I, I like um, I do think they need to maybe wrangle in Neil a little bit, but I also kind of like a little the the Wild West aspect of it because it you know it has to add some skill and tactical approach to your program to get players and. I think it um there there is strategy I think that plays into it that does go beyond um just dollar figures but yeah. the top are going to eat no matter how you set it up and how you do it and Nick Saban doesn't hey, want to play Kentucky it's fun not to change it up too much but Roush you got twelve minutes to place your golf bets oh ho ho good call good call <laughs> I ju- see Justin this is why you're a great producer <laughs> I ask you to remind me to place my golf bets in the morning. And you, you came through. I just looked at the clock and I was like, uh, we're starting, we're teeing off in 12 minutes. So can you, Not great. We, we have some, um, we have some pretty awesome featured groups too, right? Uh, Tiger oh, Woods. Yeah. Tiger, Jordan Spieth and Rory. Oh yeah. That's going to be awesome. And then you got, um, gosh, what was the other group I saw? I don't know if I'll be able to remember it. Either way. Uh, we're going to be able to watch those on ESPN plus. Um, very excited for that. Very excited for just to, to see the events today. It's great background TV. You know, golf you, is good background TV. Can you do the split screen at, at your uh, place of employment, Big Blue Drew? Nah. See, and I, I like doing the, uh, and I can't always accomplish it just from a. Uh, I love how Nick's just like looking through his picks, like who should I bet on? Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought well, he knew who. Well, I, to bet I, on. I see, and that's the thing. I do know who I want to bet on. Um, so it's not that difficult. I just have to place them. Um, I did have to ask Luckett about his suggestion. Uh, Mito from Chile, Mito Guerrero or something like that. That was his big tip as like an off the off the wall kind of long shot play to to make the top forty. Um, but I I do the thing too where I make my lineups. We have our own fifty person league where it it kind of stacks up uh, throughout the year to where uh, if you do well, it kind of carries over. So one year, I I think I had Mark Howell when he won the PGA and something else. Um, and so I, I won two of the major tournaments, and then I won the big pot. So I felt like the smartest man to ever uh, handicap a golfing event, and all I did was <laughs> listen to Luckett. So nice. if you didn't get those picks, check him out. Speaking at of personnel. Morikawa, he is teeing off with John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. Ooh. And then you've got another group of Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, and Patrick Cantlay. Those are fun. That's three really good groups there. You include the Tiger group. Man, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Fun, A big sports weekend, too. And it's one that we need to kind of appreciate because right now we've got – we we have all of the playoff action. We're going to have PJ Championship golf. It's just – there's a whole lot happening, and it it just – it makes me excited. Uh, have you been watching any of the NBA playoffs, Big Blue Drew? Uh, yeah, I tune in and out. I haven't been like some years I'll get a little obsessive, try to watch every game. This year in and out, I watched a little bit of the first half last night. But it seems like every time I've tuned in, guys, it's been a, a, a trash game. I haven't <laughs> I haven't been fortunate enough to Seriously? tune in to one of those well, bang, there, you know, it, bangers. It doesn't help that we've had like the last seven games in the playoffs have been just complete mm-hmm. blowouts. We haven't had a close game in forever. 
But I do. I enjoy watching the top guys. I could watch Luca play play all night. I know that he didn't play well last night, but love watching him play. about that scratch? Did you see how scratchy yeah, he had on his early face? early in the game, too. Sheesh. So. Cut your nails, Wiggins. For real. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Don't have any rooting interest. You know, cheer for the Kentucky guys type things. But yeah. yeah. I like the NBA playoffs. Well, and but I'm I'm with you, though, where every time I've turned it on, and, and not all games are bad, and I, the, the, the Eastern Conference game the other night would have been the game to watch of the first two game ones. But like last night, it's third quarter when I pop it on. We had a great night of TV. Had Survivor, uh, Justin. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Uh, my wife too. She, awesome. she, this is her favorite season ever. Maybe mine too. It's it's been really good. It's awesome. Uh, the the changes that they made. It was hard to palate initially, but it's been very good. But we watched that, and uh, we also f- just were like, we got to watch the This Is Us finale. We uh, we watched that stupid show. I'm so glad I'm off of that. We used to watch that. I don't even know how we got off it, but man, that's an um, emotional wreck. Dude. Oh. You're just a, <laughs> and, just and a train wreck. It, we got off it as well, and then it was like, well, it's about to come to an end. Might as well burn through some. Yeah. And like, it's still it was fine, but it's like. Here, how do we kill somebody off gracefully? You know, and it just—it was—it was fine. It, I'm, I'm glad, to, it's gl- fine. glad to put that it. chapter behind us. Uh, but then I was like, oh, well, I have some basketball to watch. Let's go to sleep. And I turn it on third quarter, fifteen point game, and it never got closer than fifteen. I no. do fall in the realm too of I struggle to watch the NBA in the first half because it's just so inconsequential what's going on, and it amazes me every time I tune into the NBA just how different it is in the college game. Because you guys know sometimes you have a, a Tuesday night SEC Big Ten game or whatever, and then from like the first three minutes you're like, oh, we're done. Like it's we just don't got it tonight. Like <laughs> it's over. And a lot of times that holds true. You know, just the momentum of that first few minutes, and especially if a team gets up eight or ten points, it's just so much different in the college game. So I I am like the stereotypical. Is it the fourth quarter? Let's watch the NBA type fan. Not and not even the whole fourth quarter. Like the last seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. But but it's good when they go at it and um. I, and I, I just appreciate the game so much. It's like art, man. When you watch enough college basketball, just the freedom of movement they get, their shot-making ability. So, like, the NBA playoffs is always a nice, uh, nice refreshing, like, uh, basketball reset after college season's over. We'll say, I, 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 was, I could fall in line sometimes with those who talk about college not being good, uh, like, relatively speaking. Oh, the, the game's just it's too clunky, blah, blah, blah. But I, I have... I thoroughly enjoyed last college basketball season. And I think it's because there were so many competitive, close games mm-hmm. in like crazy environments. And I just enjoy the college environments a little bit more than, you know, folks out in Silicon Valley or especially, in Miami. Especially the regular know? season. I think the regular season, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it it matters, I feel like, a lot more in college. And, you know, teams change. Like I said, you can go play a, a Tuesday night game and we come in here and do radio Wednesday and our opinion of the team is totally different. Um, it's just up and down like that in college, and M- NBA is much more consistent across the board. But those dudes amaze me, man! Like how Steph can do what he does every night, night after night. Like it just it He's blows so my mind. To watch. Well, wait, is there an, will there ever be a better shooter in NBA history or in basketball history? Probably, man. In basketball the th- history, the thing is that like kids just get better and better every year. Like even going to some of these high school events, you know, used to be able to dunk in warmups. You were the man, and now it's like. The the head coaches are in the lines dunking. It's, it's crazy. So <laughs> he I did, say, yeah, probably. He did the thing last night before the game where they were in the layup lines. This man throws it to the ceiling. I mean, I swear it hit the ceiling. Comes down. He's waiting for it to come down. It bounces on the floor, and you're like, okay, Steph's human. But no, he had the right amount of spin on it where it kicks off the backboard and goes through the hoop. And you're like, what the hell? How's this man do it? He's special. It's crazy. He's special. Seth and Steph. They're not twins, but 
Imagine being Seth Curry too. That's right. the dude's oh, like an amazing basketball player, like awesome NBA, like great player, and it's just like literally might as well not even exist. So you you brought up that you're watching quite a bit of ball, the grassroots level. Your daughter, high school hoop star, mm-hmm. on her way to becoming one. Um, does does Marty Polio have beef with you? <laughs> I did. I saw that yesterday. Um, that was a man. I'm I'm so deep in that question. It's like you don't even, you don't <laughs> because even understand. Because he man. he now his most pointed critique was like all these kids from the Du Bois Academy that they've invested a lot of money into are going to St. X. It ticks them off, but I get it. They don't want to be a part of some new school at a new football team. It'd be tough sledding. Mm-hmm. But he did also mention yes, he did. middle school <laughs> girls that play for high school teams that are now going to private schools. Yep. Which um, um, I'm going to leave names out of this discussion, but yes, my daughter happens to be in in eighth grade, and like for, that was that comment was not about us. First of all, there's there's some <laughs> there's some elite female players in the city of Louisville. I'm telling you, from oh, the class of 2025 short. and 2026, like there's some major Kentucky targets. So, um, but from our point of view, like uh, there was no recruiting done. I mean, you just I think for the most part, you just you go to the games and you watch and you see what you see at one school and you see what you see at the other. And yeah. I'm the biggest proponent of JCPS. I think every I, if you follow me, you know that Drew loves the kids. But at the end of the day, I do not see how who does that hurt besides maybe the school that they leave a, a you know a, a more a J Town a Fern Creek a Southern like that kind of stinks for their program. But like a, a kid getting a chance to go to a, a better school, have more exposure, potentially yeah, go to college, I mean, like. It bothers me when people get upset when a kid gets, especially from a less fortunate situation, on the come up, going to a, a great school and stuff. Right. And, you know, you take issue with that. But, uh, man, a lot of drama between the, the private and public sectors here well, in school. It's like but it's, you, you want what's best for your kid, mm-hmm. so you're going to do what's best for your kid. And believe it or not, going to a place like uh, Mercy or a Sacred Heart, two-time defending state champs, probably a little bit better for them long-term than playing at one of these public schools that nobody like nobody shows up to their games, you know, like yeah. that. And the education portion, too. I mean, there's there's something to be said about it. And I, yeah. I know it's tough for JCPS. I'm not acting like they could revamp the schools in a night here, but um, I, I kind of like – I don't – I dislike the animosity that they're, they're creating between uh, – the private and public schools. But wasn't it yesterday almost like a we're going to stop playing the private schools tone or something like well, that? Well, and what was funny, too, is after people got really, like, the story started picking up some buzz, Polio had to text Frakes like, well, this is what I really meant. You know, <laughs> so he, he, he walked him back a little bit because he heard everybody calling him a coward uh, and realized, like, just crying wolf is probably not going to solve these issues, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is certainly fair. Um and my, my whole thing is, like, if you want to have your most talented people go to your schools, make your schools better. And the way that they do JCPS, they already have. Like, they already kind of tiered out because there's traditional schools. There's male, who's always great at sports, right, because they're labeled as a traditional school. Weird, more parents. They are, can pull them from yeah, pretty much wherever. More, same thing with magnets, yeah. right? Magnets can do the same thing. You know, parents are, you know, manual is typically always pretty great in sports. Why? Because they're an awesome school. It's easy to say, hey, mom, I want to go to manual. Great, it's top twenty high school in the country. Go to manual. Yeah. So I think uh, that plays into it a lot as well. But yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I think we all need. We just need to hug it out a little bit, play each yeah. other, and just uh, be happy for the kids finding success wherever wherever that may be. Well said. Well said, Big Blue Drew. Uh, it's time for us to get to our daily double the break. Double. When we come back, we're going to tell you how you can win tickets to all of our listeners on the Cornbread Hint podcast. 
And we'll get to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the number. I'm Nick Roush. He's Big Blue Drew, and that's Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll, Roll Call. Call. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Nick Roush. Joined today by Justin Buston, Kalen, JK47. And Big Blue Drew. Hey. Big news in the world of Catholicism. What? <laughs> that caught me. Oh, man, guard. this is like twice in a uh, we We did this last week, too. Um, but the Pope, eh? The Pope, eh? He, he, he's the guy the Marcus Stoops of Bourbon. <laughs> yeah, uh, Father Jim Schicko from, he, he's in Lexington. He's a big, big social media priest guy. Very, very, very interactive out there. I, he's a character. I enjoy it. When he goes and sees the Pope, he gives them bourbon. And the last time he gave him a signed, I think, Maker's Bottle from Cal. And now he's given the Pope some of Mark Stoops' Citrus Bowl, wow. uh, William Tarr bourbon, that's signed by the head coach. I didn't realize that was such a thing. I mean, where does the Pope stash all this, like, stuff he gets? <laughs> that's true, because you know he gets gifts yeah, like, all the put? time. And I wonder, too, if there's like... Someone's just getting sloshed oh, up this per- Pope bourbon everywhere, dude. Well, like, and some of those gifts have to be kind of lame, too. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, how many different like, oh, soccer balls has he got? this is our saltwater taffy from our little town. <laughs> yes, it, that, exactly, exactly. But I, it'd right. be great, though, if he was like, oh, we got some brown water. Like, yeah. hey, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Swiss Guard. Let's yeah. let's keep he, this. He, he probably away. has code names for like throw it away, give it away, <laughs> stash it away. Like yeah. that's oh, awesome though, man. good for him. We had to figure out if we can get if we can get on his gift list to provide a gift to the Pope. That would be awesome. Ooh, I, I would want to be on the. I'd list. I'd give him cornbread hemp. Uh, that yeah, <laughs> I mean he could use it. I'm sure he lives a stressful life as right. the Pope did. Send him. We could send him some cornbread hemp, some salsaritas chips, and a donut from Thornton's. Yeah. Oh man, he. I, we don't want to get the Pope addicted to salsaritas, <laughs> though. It could be a problem. Not doing much for his health. <laughs> Do you want to be responsible for getting the 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 man? I was trying to think of the Holy See. Do you want the Holy See addicted to salsaritas? Of course you do, because it's great. They've got two locations: one in St. Matthews, one in Middletown. I don't know if they have one in. Uh, the Vatican or not, <laughs> but they, sh- they should get a Vatican edition of Salsaritas because they have the freshest salsa, the best chips, well-marinated meats, everything, so much flavor in one meal. It's also inexpensive, too. A quick, fast, tasty lunch that's not going to break the bank. Check out Salsaritas today. Download that before you go. You'll save even more at Salsaritas. Now, you know my favorite part, I got to say, is about doing roll call. So during the double break, I'm like kind of spinning my wheels. Like, what the next segment will be about? Maybe I'll do a little Google and, you know, saw Sarita's at the Vatican it was. So I, <laughs> I wouldn't have had it pegged no matter what. So love KRC. You know, I, I, just, you just never know, man. Uh, 
we do. This has been the part of the week where we've been giving away tickets to Bourbon and Beyond and Louder Than Life. Uh, tomorrow around this time, we're going to have our listeners call in, but we want to have a day just for the podcast listeners where if you can't listen live, you can still have a chance to win tickets to one of those or either of those shows. One day passes. We're giving them away. I'm trying to think of a fun way to get folks interacting the text on. So we're getting a little wacky with it. Even though it's not Wednesday. No, even though it's not Wednesday, we're going to get wacky. Uh, we want to know. We asked for submissions for Big Blue Drew's Twins. I have seen Name none of them either. I'm excited. We're going to read some of them on the show. The ones that entertain us the most, that provide the most laughs. And who knows, maybe even they're the winners. Big Blue Drew will help us pick them out. Yeah. Uh, whoever has the best submissions into the Thorns text on 502 414 you will get to claim your prize tomorrow by picking from one of the five remaining days. We've got uh, every single day, Louder Than Life is available. And then Kings of Leon, that's the Friday night of Bourbon and Beyond, I believe. Those are still up for grabs. So text in. Have a lot of fun with it. Let's name some babies. Let's do it. Let's name some babies and win some concert tickets with Big X Sports Radio. Uh, the first submission to the Thornton's text line. It's going to be a tough one to top. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Bofa and D's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's good. I like that one. Good start. Bofa Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Or it could be Bo. Middle names will be crucial there. It, it, the middle, the, it could be first name Bo, uh, middle name Fa, or Bo Cephas, and he just goes yeah. by Bofa. <laughs> oh, uh, man. That was I'm, a good one. I'm a big fan uh, also, Drew, of long having a long name. But you go by the shortened version of it. So, yeah. like, um, you know, uh, I, now your I'm own Nicholas name. Nicholas Nick. Yeah, yeah, your own yeah. name. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was trying so. to think of like some old name that like people. Um, it amazes me that when people are like, "Your name's Andrew," like, and they're just so perplexed. Like every time, <laughs> I'm just like, "Why? How is that so surprising?" Or do you ever meet people? This is one of my biggest pet peeves, guys. Do you ever meet someone who, like maybe a friend introduces you and they're like, oh, this is Nick, uh, you know, or we call him Rouster or whatever. And they're like, oh, what should I call you? And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I oh, hate that. I'm like, no. dude, I'm not picking your name. I just met you. So many people do that. Like, oh, some people call me Z, but it don't matter. Or they'll do that. Tell you, me. you can call me asshole. I've been called a lot, a <laughs> yeah, lot of things. A lot worse than that. Yeah. I mean, you can't say that on the radio, Justin. <laughs> what, what cuss words can and can't you, you say? You can't say that one. And you, you should have dumped it. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> can, can you just say the A part? Yes, though? yes. You okay. can say the second part of it. Really? <laughs> yes. You don't know the rules? You're the producer. I mean, I know majority of them. That's one of the big ones. Really? <laughs> They'll be after us now. I'm never invited back. <laughs> Take it out my check. Oh, man. I think it'll great. be fine. I think it'll be fine. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, Justin, you need to learn those rules. <laughs> I need to learn them. Uh, nope, yeah, didn't. yeah. It's it's mostly has to do with the. Um, what about S? Can you say S A? No, no. You can't, that, and that then, one I know. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's there's certain, and it's because it has to do with uh, the bodily functions of it. Um, but if it's cuss word regarding something else that doesn't have to do with the body, you're good. It's very bizarre. I don't know how the FCC came to this. Um, I work on my indirect obscenities. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> you your farts. Oh, yeah. fart. Got it. Uh, texture says. Uh, how about twins, Cavassier, and Smoke? <laughs> That's another. Who good says one. no? Pretty good. 
<laughs> another Smoke Brown. That's that sounds like oh an SEC gosh. defensive end. Yes, yeah, Smoke Brown. No, Ooh. Smoke Brown is the uh, safety. You don't come yeah. across the middle against him. Yeah. They they invented targeting trash, rules because yeah, of trash Smoke talking. Brown. It's, exactly. He's, he won't be there most by most third quarters, but you're getting you're getting <laughs> the pipe play in the first half. Oh, you don't want this smoke. Oh, you don't want this smoke. One texture on the Thorns text line. Oh man, here's an I love you, but love Drew. Uh-oh. But Wheeler's lack of shot making uh-huh. is going to limit what the team can be if defenders play six feet off the point guard. That's crippling. Another twins names? We got any more twins names? <laughs> no, no I, I understand that. I know a lot of people. Um, you're not lying. I mean, I think he definitely has some offensive um, deficiencies. But again, the, the stat book doesn't lie. He makes up for a lot of them. But yes, uh, you're not wrong. I think scheme's going to be important, and, and maybe uh, you know who they're putting around him, how they're using them. But well, it works he, when it works, you know. And even though teams were doing that, he still, I want to say, now he didn't take a lot of threes, but I believe in the last... He uh, started making some shots, but I think it was a... The last six games of the season, he was shooting like 40% from three or something, or 38%, which is very good for him. And it was also, he was only taking like two a game, Mm -hmm. but he was making more, he was shooting better. I think the one thing that I almost worry about more that we don't discuss a lot is the defensive pressure. Yes. He got beat off the dribble too much. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just move on from – I won't name him Savir. Got it. Not, <laughs> not naming him Savir <laughs> off the list, but that'll be that'll be a big story, though, to finish it up on the point guard. I mean, we know his play is going to be critical, but I think I think Cal trusts him, and, and ultimately I still believe that um, the things that he does well – can absolutely outweigh um, the things that he struggles with overall. The um, the the thing that I have you hate ca- him, Nick. Just say it. No, no, no. So here's the thing: Severe Wheeler in the right spots is 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 a good point guard. I think generally speaking, but he's not. I don't think he's ever going to be the the game changer, the world beater that Kentucky needs. What my here's my worry: my biggest worry with the return of Severe Wheeler. And it's it goes back to Ashton Higgins. When in crunch situations, Ashton Higgins still had the ball in his hands. When it should have been Tyrese Maxey. When it should have been Emmanuel Quickly. I hope that John Calipari gives some more of that rope to Case and Wallace in certain situations. And I hope that Wheeler is okay with that because the problem is, and that was the problem then, is just the ability to beat your guy off the dribble and just get an easy layup. Now, we are certainly did that, especially in transition. He was good at like kind of catching other teams off guard, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a, neat, a quick layup. Uh, but in certain situations, I just don't always want the ball in his hands, and I want Cal to be able to trust somebody else to have the ball in their hands. Yeah, I think if Kaysen's in a position to be trusted in those late-game situations, the Cats will be in good shape, so I like it. Back to the Thornton Stacks line. 502 414-1450 is the number. Um, Got to be Mike and Brian after the granddads. Yeah, that's my that's my dad. Shout out Mike Brown. So uh, then my dad, my father, was oh, Brian. coach for the Golden State Warriors. They, there's there's a <laughs> ton of Mike Browns out there, but that would be I one thought, of them. I thought that was the only one. Nope. Really? And my dad. Oh, wow. Two. There's, there's at, at least two. At least two. Um, um, that, is, that is an easy – my son is named after his granddad. Or great grandparents. So the the family route that you can never go wrong with the family route. Yeah, a little spoiler too. I didn't sneak any of my my 
uh, first son, his middle name is my wife's maiden name. So okay. We kind of check that off. Um, so I'll, I'll like I'm, I'm trying to tie in a little bit of uh, me as a spoiler. So I'm probably going to see my first middle name in there somewhere. Yeah, I think it would be wise to just Andrew and Aaron, Andrew Jr. And Aaron. If, had they had they finished that thing off to put a little sour yeah. spot on the morning, we could definitely be. But to me, um, I've talked about this on on the Kentucky Dad podcast before. To me, if you're naming kids after um, Kentucky basketball stuff, it got to be title year, baby. It's got to be a title year. Did you ever name a pet after something Kentucky related? I, That's I, very popular. I really wanted to name a dog Wilcher. I was a huge Kyle Wilcher fan. <laughs> huge Kyle, and that would have been a colossal mistake. Oh man, that colossal would have been so bad. Mistake. You would have regretted it so. Quickly. I would have hated that I dog. That would have been like a bad tattoo. <laughs> that dog would have just been getting screamed at all day. Oh my no, goodness! I, I still like Kyle after he left, but no, not really. What about you? No, I have not, but I know, I know a Benny and I know a Rupp, a Benny Snell. I feel like Rupp is a that's a fun dog name too because I mean, nobody out there yep. is just going to be named Rupp. Period. I could follow your lead, Nick, and name the twins like North Carolina and Kansas. There you go, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee Brown. <laughs> You're smoothest, Tennessee Brown. <laughs> uh, another texture on the Thorns text line says, "Congrats on the twins. We had a set of twins right after the 38 and one season. My oh. wife still refuses to acknowledge it. But if the twins had been boys, <laughs> they would have 100 percent been." Aaron and Andrew. Yes. We had a boy and a girl, Beckham and Bria. Nice. Alliteration. I, I love the alliteration. My my sisters are twins. They are Christine and Courtney. So we gotta nice. gotta have the alliteration. Um That's tough for him too. You know he wanted that he wanted that birth year forty and 0 season real bad, man. I'm sorry. We all wanted it. It was tougher for you than than others. Oh man, and um our son came like final four weekend twenty twenty. I was I was I was fully ready to watch Kentucky playing the Final Four in the damn uh, yep. Yep. post uh, yep. Yep. postpartum room. Fun stuff. Yeah, why are we bringing it down? Hey, let's get to something fun. So, this year will be Mark Stoops' 10th season at the University of Kentucky. A decade of Mark Stoops, kind of hard to believe when you go back and look through things. So, part it of is. what I'm doing throughout the summer, Drew, I'm doing retrospectives. Just a, a series on, like, the 10 this, the 10 that. It's a fun way to look back and kind of reflect because, like, there's not a whole lot happening right now. And to kick things off, uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun ones. I'm really looking forward to the finale, too. That one uh, is going to be the chef's kiss. All but right. this was a good start. It was the 10 most influential people in the Kentucky football program. And number one was the big dog, Vince Merrow. Yeah. I saw your post. That was good stuff. Got a lot of interaction. I think it was a you're right. Top tens are always fun in the summer. And yeah, Vince, Vince at the he's on the Mount Rushmore of the Mark Stoops coaching. You know, right? Stuff well, for sure. I feel like Vince and Schwarm. There wasn't a whole lot of arguing with those as the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some some people that argued for some some folks that were omitted. Um, you know, like I had Liam Cohen in there, but I did not have JoJo Kim. And here's the thing that I would say to those people. Love JoJo Kim. He was outspoken. He was a lot of fun while he was at Kentucky. He is a big reason why they were able to upset South Carolina uh, the year that uh, you had the the big comeback and the tip pass and the touchdown uh, to Bud Dupree to win the game. But... The long-term 
significant impact. Like uh, JoJo Kim's going to be a part of this. It's individual performances in one of those top plays of the year. There's a lot of things out there that he could be in consideration. But as far as influence goes, he wasn't a big-time recruit. Kentucky really doesn't recruit Florida anymore. It was important in that, you know, he went and did the, why not Kentucky, why not us? Like, that, that gave, that, there was a lot of swagger that fans gained from that. But I don't think Kentucky beat, they didn't beat another SEC team that year. They kind of collapsed. They lost at Vanderbilt. So I included, I have five people on this list that were part of that 2016 team because really that that third or fourth year, excuse me, for Mark Stoops was the make or break year. Everything mm-hmm. broke in the right direction and it was by the slimmest margin of error. Yep. And you know what? People went from Cohen for his job, um, which Luke Fortner always joked, his first game at Kentucky was at Southern Miss loss in 2016 <laughs> and he's just now finishing his career. But they lost to Southern Miss at home and ended the season beating the Heisman Trophy winner as 27.5-point underdogs. You want to talk about a pendulum swinging. Uh, right. So that that was kind of my rationale uh, at, at some of my the people on my list. Please, Big Blue Drew, can you pick some of it apart for me and tell me where I'm wrong or stupid? Because I think it is a fun conversation. Uh, no, I was kind of – I did read this a little bit yesterday. And I, I thought – I mean, I didn't necessarily have any why are they there or big ones that jumped out at me. But I also think you can make arguments for a ton of other guys. Like you said, um, talking about JoJo can't be an admitted. But I might have had Lynn Bowden a little higher maybe kind of yeah. looking at it. I might have put Lynn Bowden maybe towards that 3-4 spot. Maybe even over Benny, honestly. I think Benny um, – Benny, um, I feel like, kind of really made it cool, and then Lynn really kept it, you know, mm-hmm. going in that direction. And I know as someone that was fortunate enough to cover some of his games, he brought, you know, so much off the field as well just from a, a Kentucky football was, you know, here to take no S-H-I-T. <laughs> oh, well, that's, a, that's a very bad thing to do, spell it <laughs> so, out so it doesn't uh, count. But, yeah, I might have had Lynn a little bit higher. But one of the coolest things I think about the – you know, compiling a list like you did and, and where Kentucky football has been at under Mark Stoops is that, you know, it wasn't just two or three guys. We didn't have a Heis, you know, Heisman Trophy winner or whatever that, that set the program on whatever trajectory. Like, you could probably make an argument for 20 or 30 guys that just made an impact at their, at their level of the game, and that's what it took for the SEC, man. It took six years of this, of just building and building <laughs> right. and building and having enough depth to go and compete in the trenches with schools, and that's what they've done, and it takes a long time. The um, the thing for me, because I, I, I got some really good suggestions. One person that probably belongs in there, I don't know where in the pecking order uh, it would be, but Dan Brezowitz was Mark Stoops' OG chief of staff. He he basically was like, in any of the things, any of the, the cleanup duty that Stoops needed, he was, he was running it. I could make the case for Freddie. Uh, yeah. as being one of them because he really helped with the player development and also as being a um, a connector, if you will. Because that's what I think makes Vince so important is he, whereas right now a lot of Kentucky basketball fans don't feel connection to that program, mm-hmm. it's the exact opposite. And it's because of people like Freddie, people like Vince, that, that you get that sense of community right. uh, when you go to Kentucky football games. That everybody's very approachable. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, too, is – 15 years from now, or, you know, five years from now, you might add Will Levis to this list if Kentucky is yeah. all of a sudden getting top-notch quarterback talent like the ones that recruits like it discussed uh, on Tuesday that could be coming into the program. So, uh, the, the, Brad White as well. Um, 
I mean, you remember the DJ Elliott years. Yeah, it was, that was. It, it yeah. still amazes me to think about some of the the teams defensively that Kentucky's put on the field over the last five years. That I just, you know, you're just watching them push any team in the SEC that can just get a push, really on both sides of the ball. And yeah, back but back to kind of the recruiting aspect, and then like celebrating the pros. I think it's different with basketball because we expect it. We're expecting Case and Wallace to, Wallace to come in and be a, hopefully a lottery pick. Like would not shock anyone. It, it, you know, probably shock him more if he wasn't drafted next year. As right. opposed to Kentucky football, they can really celebrate and build these guys up from a standpoint of like, you know, we did this as a family. This is what we do. We build guys up and they go to the pros. So I, I like that aspect. Though. I think it's cool. And they're continuing to recruit and sell on that, that, you know, they're watch out. They're getting slept on. Yeah. And, and I think it's easier to do that when they stick around a little bit longer. You can sure. cultivate that relationship sure, yeah. a little bit better. Um, but BTI, uh, he sucks. We all know that. But he actually made a good point. Um, it was a few weeks back uh, talking about, like, if Cal could do it over again, how he pitched the beginning instead of selling it as lightning in a bottle, which, it, like, mm-hmm. they're the early recruiting. Like, that's once-in-a-lifetime stuff, those yeah. first five years. But instead he sold it as, like, the standard, the expectation. So now – we don't get as excited for these big time commitments because we expect it. Right, exactly. So we're spoiled. Yep. Um, but yep. I don't think we're taking anything for granted what Stoops has done at Kentucky. Uh, yep. he, all it takes is uh, a win at Miami, or against Miami of Ohio and a win at Florida to start the season, and he'll have more wins than any other Kentucky I didn't realize head that. coach wow. in the program. I think what they very possible, right? They could get, they can find a way to beat Florida and Gainesville. They get those first four, right? Then they go to, um, to Ole Miss, which is going to be an awesome trip. I really mm-hmm. hope I get to make that one. And man, you beat them. I think the schedule is just set up with the eight home games. It could yeah. be an amazing season, but, uh, part of me doesn't like the tail end of it though. I think if, you know, can be tricky. You don't get that breathe, that, that exhale, in November, where you get to play the easy FCS mm-hmm. game, but you got Louisville on the schedule. Yeah, but I don't love. Uh, well, might as well be. Yeah. I don't love that after Georgia, though. That's what I mean. Like it's kind of tough at at the end of the season because they could really beat you up. Well, and the only reason why you don't is because I, I know that the the series really has turned, but this series does turn quickly and it gets really lopsided really fast. It's weird if you go back through the years; it's like four and five year cycles. I think. Only one time Petrino got a five-year win streak. But other than that, it hasn't happened. Louisville's lucky that COVID year got canceled because that was going to be another shellacking. But, and then when it turns, there's like one game that'll be kind of close, and then like it's just completely goes the other way. Uh, the Randall Cobb year, uh, Kentucky had won. This was their fourth win in a row. It was a game at Commonwealth Stadium where there was a ton of turnovers. Randall Cobb helps them squeak out one, and I, I want to say like 2010 – and then after that, it went the other direction. So, you know, it, things can change quickly. Maybe this is uh, – Louisville still has some of their mojo, and that's how they can steal some – but, like, come on, it's Scott Satterfield. He doesn't know how to win a rivalry game. You know this, Justin. Oh, yeah. Starting He's a bum. He's a bum. An absolute bum. Let's get to our final break. Do it. Oh, like it. Make it spicy. Let's have ourselves one hell of a Thursday to wrap up the show. Smake it on the bottom. We'll be right back after this. This is Kentucky Roll Call.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. But you know what? That Louisville game that made it pretty hilarious. It just, that, that just that brought the everything. Louisville game, funniest <laughs> moment of the year. <laughs> With Walker and Roush. <laughs> Losers. Losers. <laughs> Oh man, Louisville football! Oh man, Louisville football! Still a joke after all these years. Feels like Friday. Oh man, it really does feel like Friday. Do we have to come in tomorrow? We have tickets to give away. Oh, that's true. We do have tickets to give away. We get tickets to give away on the Thorns Text Line too, for our podcast listeners out there. Nice. We want your name submissions for Drew's twins. We do. About Francis and Eleanor. <laughs> no, wait, there you got you got a two boys. Just go with the old, <laughs> oldest names ooh, possible. Ooh. So I have uh, a, a shirt from a family reunion, and it had all of the – it was like my grandparents' family. Now, they they had – almost all of them had passed, but all of their brothers and sisters, they were one of like 12, and so it was all their decisions. Big family reunion. Um, the twins in the family were Elmer and Zelma. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer and Zelma. Elmer is <laughs> – a name that has gone by the wayside, yeah. and I think I think Elmer Fudd ruined it for that name. I think a lot about that. We we actually have a uh, app that's pretty cool. It's basically like, and every time I bring up Tinder or something like that, I have to have to heavily lay the groundwork. That it's totally unfair that I missed that whole scene as an adult man. Like, <laughs> anyway, that's just just swiping yeah. left, swiping lucky guys. If you're about I don't know five ten years younger than me. Anyway, so it basically works like that. Um, you do it with your you know, significant other, and if you hit a match, you know, it'll save the name. And there's so many names like Elmer, Fred. Like, I just wonder, like, what are they ranked now? That has to be like a top ten name at some Ooh, point. And, like, yeah. Does anybody actually name their kid Elmer? I'm sure there are a few, but there's oh, some wild man. names out there. Freddie and Eddie. Oh, my goodness. That would be so much fun. Frederick and Edward? Because they <laughs> sound kind of different, but, like, yeah, it would. I think it would annoy your wife too much. Yeah, though. the Freddie Eddie would be tough. And I, I, I genuinely mean this. Whenever I just kind of like close my eyes and think about naming kids, I always imagine myself just screaming through the house for them to like get ready and come on. So like, <laughs> no matter what, for some reason, if you suggest a name, I'm like Freddie Eddie, come here. No, I don't like it. Oh, uh, like uh, okay, okay. We'll we'll keep workshopping on the Thornton's text on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. There was another list that came out yesterday. The annual rankings of all the Power Five head coaches. By CBS Sports, Mark Stoops moved up six spots to number 16 in the poll. Pretty impressive when you consider that I believe every person in the top six or seven has been, at least been to the college football playoff, and I think four, the top four have all won a national championship. So Stoops has firmly cemented himself in that next tier uh, of great coaches, and I just appreciate that it's uh, and wants to be at Kentucky, which I think is probably like <laughs> as big a point to that as anything. You know, he's options are open when you're number, you know, your top twenty on that list and likes where he's at. So that really speaks volumes about where he, where he's got in the program too. So here's my question to you, big picture. Okay, how does Mark Stoops's time at Kentucky end? I want you to look into your crystal ball. Is he? Is he taking a job elsewhere? Is he retiring and moving to Florida? How how does Mark Stoops' career come to a close? That's a really tough question because I feel like 
to answer it um, the best possible way for Kentucky fans. It might include something like a college football playoff appearance or appearance in the SEC championship game, maybe something like that ultimately catapults him to a, a job he just can't say no to or, or money for whatever reason. So I'll say that he rides out of Lexington on a high horse. We all wish him well wherever he goes because we've accomplished new heights and um, we just thank him for setting it up. So I'll say that because I think it's going to take, man, a, a lot to um, to ever push him out the door, I feel like now. I mean, you're going to have to have some really poor play. So I would hope that it's on the other side where – Something phenomenal sparks his career to the next level, and um, everybody wins. Nick That's- wants to keep it happy today, but he wants to go through hypotheticals that aren't going to happen for another 30, 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you do that? I Just enjoy the ride. It's not going to happen. You think Mark Stoops can still coach football in 30 years from now? Maybe. He's like 50. He's not going to coach that long. That's only 80. Only 80. Blue Holtz is still doing TV. That dude's got to be in his mid-90s. Blue Holtz is barely doing TV. <laughs> Blue Holtz is whatever YouTube TV show he has, their promoters were like trying to get him to come on one of our things. We were like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know. But I, 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 I did reach the point after last offseason, I really don't think he's going to ever leave for another job. And some of it is because how much do the other jobs want him? Um, and, and also, he's got it pretty made yeah, right he's now. He's in a good position. And, sure. and the thing that, like, <laughs> you know, I had somebody who met Coach Rich recently, just didn't even know who he was. They're not a Kentucky fan or anything. Um, got to chatting with him. And, uh, like, they met him in, like, a suite at Churchill Downs. And he was like, this is pretty awesome. I never did anything like this in San Francisco. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that we – we don't mention enough is that the life of a coach kind of sucks. Uh, one of my friends is at the in a lower tier right now. He's climbing the ladder in the kind of GA yeah, ranks. Grind. Yeah, and it sucks. And you're moving every three years. You rarely can get to a place that's as nice as living in Lexington, Kentucky. And also at a place, too, where you're kind of a big deal and you can mm-hmm. kind of do what you want. And people also don't bug you that much. Like, they'll say hi. Yeah, but, fair. like... How many places are you going to be able to go out? Yeah, I feel t- like Mark Stoops like can Jeff still go Ruby's. to Kroger. I think he can still go to Kroger. What do you think, Justin? Uh, I bet he gets called. If he goes to Kroger, I bet he gets called out at yeah, least three but, times. Okay, three times. But, yeah. but I think it would just be more like a, you know, hey, Coach Stoops. I feel like he could still go yeah, in would, shopping. Yeah, it would here. definitely. Because if you put yourself in that situation, you're just going to walk by and be like, oh, hey, Coach, how's it going? Yeah, and it's going to be like small week. talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then but Nick, move Nick Saban, on. you think he could go into Piggly Wiggly or whatever they got in Alabama? Well, and also it's Tuscaloosa. Like you don't. I bet it's the same for Saban because I nah. bet he's. I bet people are intimidated by him. He, yes. Yeah, like I, they I, don't want to take part of his day that, away. That, that, that part's a good point. But my my general thought is less. It's more so Lexington's a pretty awesome college mm-hmm. town because Vince it has, loves it too. Vince it, loves it here too. They it has it's. It has more amenities than your typical college. Mm-hmm. It's not just uh, like Tiger Town and Baton Rouge. One Baton of the Rouge best SEC sucks. towns, no doubt about it. Because I mean, the seventy-five percent of them just wouldn't even exist without the university. Terrible towns. Yeah, yeah. But here you've got the horses. You've got the really nice restaurants. Uh, there's there's a lot to offer. So I, I ultimately think I was a little bit worried about that Iowa job eventually opening up. Uh, but I think that I, I do think that that ship has has sailed. I really do. Maybe get maybe get ten more years out of Stoops tops before he's like. Ooh, maybe All right. even better. Maybe it's like like I was kind of laying out that you know just it just ends amazing. We accomplish even new heights we've never went to. 
And then he does like a Brad Stevens thing where like he stays around. He's going to be like. He'll be he doing Mitch's job. Yeah, he yeah. takes Mitch's Ooh. job. Man. Oh, that, that's that's very much a move from like the '80s and '90s. So the old football coach becomes the athletics director. <laughs> oh, certainly is. But <laughs> but also, if it happens, so like let's say, like his whole goal was to get Kentucky to the playoff or something. Which I know, yeah, it's it's far fetched, but it's not really that far fetched. If you win your division, you play in the SEC championship game. Let's say that happens, and he wants to end on a high note. I could very well see him just like handing the keys of the car to Brad White. That be a seamless transition. Um, I could I could see that scenario playing out. Is it the most likely? Probably not. But I I do think that uh, the the fears of him being taken for something bigger and the kind of you see the the chew on the other foot with John Calipari where you worry about fan backlash and wanting him out. I think Soups is done. I mean. Two 10-win seasons in the last four years, there was zero in the the previous 40. Yep. So, like, there's so much goodwill built up. He would It would have to be a ca- catastrophe of epic proportions mm-hmm. for people to be like, okay, you got to go. Yeah, I agree. Where do you fall? I got a good, another very good hypothetical. What if the SEC championship football game does include Kentucky? That is also the, the London game for basketball. So if you had your choice, like let's say, because you pretty if you're going to London, you really got to get on it. You can't. It's not yeah, like a, yeah. you know, let's let's book it this week. So that's a that's a tough one for me in particular because I really want to go see what I believe would be the first ever college basketball game played across the pond there. Um, but dude, you can't miss Kentucky and the SEC football. So that's yeah. a tough one. I don't I don't know what people well, are traveling fans. It's, it's it's the regular season aspect of it that just like disqualifies it for me. Gotcha. And like also. It's not like I don't like my team. If I'm going overseas, I don't want to. I want to do the overseas things. You know, I'm the opposite. I've never wanted to go. In the I've been laughing because the only thing that's going to get me over there is Kentucky <laughs> basketball. I'm like, this, this makes no sense to travel over there. But, uh, oh, I was talking to Dick Gabriel about that last week because he wants to do both. Um, but I, I guess maybe a better way to ask the question was: if you dropped all that money to go to London, they made the game. You're just eating it, right? You got to go to the SEC championship game. That's yeah. That's I mean, tough. it's a no-brainer. And uh, didn't you didn't you have Dick Gabriel on the Kentucky Dad podcast recently? Yes, he was. So that that's my guy. And fortunate enough, he invites me on Mondays during the um, basketball season to do a statewide show. So yeah, check out the Kentucky Dad podcast. Find it on Apple Podcasts. Drop some twins names in the reviews. Word on the street is I send out um, Nick Richards rookie cards, any good reviews on the podcast. So I'm, I'm known to pass those out around the basketball arena. Ooh, too, so. I like that. I like that offer there. Yeah, that's basically like it's college rookie education Nick in 20 years. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. A rookie. Put that thing in the vault. You're, I mean, just go ahead and put the Ferrari on layaway because 20 years from now you're buying it. <laughs> Let's get back to the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450. Another texture on the Thornton's text on says, Fellers. If we do go to pods, would the SEC championship go to a semifinal and a final like the college football playoff? The top team from each pod would make the sense, right? No. Thanks, and y'all have a great one, Levi. No, it would just be the teams with the highest winning percentage. Yeah, because then you're doing the same thing. Basically, it's just divisions at that point. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah win your division. It's just smaller divisions. Yeah. I, do, I do kind of like the semifinal yeah. the aspect of the SEC. So that would just be same. top four seeds or top four you know, best records. Seed them out one through four. See, it, I don't ever see that happening. It's it's but. fun, but there's also the like I would much rather see a twelve team college football playoff than you still this could. version of. But but the th- the problem is is that the one part that I kind of get you're dealing with college kids the 
13 game season or a 14. Or right now, if you go undefeated, win your conference, win your college football life, you're playing 15 games. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of logistics with football. And with the 12, the 12 only adds one more, in theory, if you get one of those four buys. Uh, and then for the teams that would be a, a tier below, they're they're probably still going to be maxing out around 15 just because you wouldn't be playing in the conference championship game most likely. So, like, when you start adding more games in, in this scenario, Levi, this is the fun playground way to do it. Like, if you were just yeah. trying to have a, a fun day, that's how you would organize your tournament to be the most fair. Uh, but in practicality, even though I think the SEC would love to be selling – yeah. Uh, more tickets and stuff like that. Uh, it, it there would be too much pushback from just the amount of sheer amount of games. To be Plus, a, a SEC set up with a Final Four semifinal is basically just a college football playoff at that point too. So you're just gonna be <laughs> right, right. Who needs a college football playoff? You got the SEC <laughs> yeah, playoff. We're gonna do that for sure. Uh, another texture on the Thorn Sex line says KRC needs to find a way to get Big Blue Drew on as a fourth man full time. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> Did that come from my phone number? No. Nice. I appreciate that. You all, you all didn't see it, too. He it's did. Early, it's a little, little early riser, though. I don't know, man. That's what I was about to say. You want to sign up for that every day? Yeah, shout out to my daughter, too, Lily. I'll give her a, a plug because she had to get to uh, – she got to the bus stop quite early today. So she's a, <laughs> she's a, she's a champ. And, um, yeah, so I don't I think about that a lot of times. I typically am not a morning person, and you guys – um, I know you don't always wake up in a good mood, but you at least have to fake it pretty hard every day. And I don't, I don't know that I could do that five days a week. I don't know if I could do it. I, you, you are a ray of light in the studio because another light just mysteriously turned <laughs> I, on. I thought y'all looked brighter. Yeah, yeah. We we only we were down to one light bulb, yeah. and the second one just came on. So it's got to be the big Boudreaux effect. There's no other way around it. Yeah, he told me to flip the lights on when I got here, and, and only one came on. He said, oh, good, I thought that one was out. <laughs> <laughs> I one asked him, six. I was like, do you, do you even turn the lights on, or it's not working today? One of six <laughs> in here. <laughs> oh, here's a good twin's name for Big Blue Drew, Abracadabra. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some magic, so that's that, uh, probably pretty good. Fair right? enough, fair enough. Uh, John here. Oh, hey, good morning, John. Uh, good to hear you with the crew, Big Blue Drew. Guys, tell me. Do you believe the Miami Heat are becoming a dynasty? I mean, they won a championship two seasons ago, and they look like they're going back again. They didn't win a championship two seasons ago. They they lost to the Lakers. They were in it though. They did. They did go to it, John. But they they lost though. Um, it's almost like if they continue this, they're becoming a dynasty that's being overlooked with a group of guys they have now, like Butler, Bam, Tower, Oladipo, and others. Got to go talk to you later. I will say I do think we uh, we don't give Eric Spolster enough credit for being yeah. an awesome coach. I saw some list the other day, and I would be terrible to like rank all time NBA head coaches, but like he was like really high on the all time. And you look at his resume, and you're like, no doubt about it. But definitely, John, there's a lot of truth. I've heard um, a lot of sports talk radio the last few weeks. Jimmy Butler is highly like I don't know if underrated is the right. Like, he just doesn't get a lot of recognition. You don't talk about Jimmy Butler a lot. And um, you could because he that. never does anything until the playoffs. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. like the regular season doesn't matter for him at all. I mean, he's had some awesome games in those finals and stuff. So, yeah, I think the Heat, in, in a lot of ways, maybe aren't looked at as um, performing as well as they have. And we'll see if they can make the NBA finals and, and make some noise. But you got to win one to be a dynasty, you got to win multiple. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I, you know, in the take game, people like to, uh, to put labels on things. But I would just say you got to appreciate what Spolster's done over the last two decades because 
it's been with different pieces. Uh, he did it with Wade and Shaq. Um, then you had the big three fun. And, of course, you're not going to give him a ton of credit for that because it was with the big three, and it was with LeBron and his and his peak with those other two. But now you have to. Yeah, you really you really do. And and some of it, too, is, falls on Pat Riley's shoulders. Like, it's organization building yeah. at its best. I mean, yeah, he, he learned from a great spot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we not have any faith that Wheeler's shot will improve more in this offseason? I don't. I <laughs> uh, just I wish everyone could have signed Nick's delivery on that. It, like he he wanted to say yes, so bad. I wanted to. <laughs> uh, I mean, what worries me more is that um, honestly, and I say that it's like uh, it's like Keon Brooks hitting a three in the first two minutes of the game. It's like to me that's a net negative. Um, I don't want him out there because I thought he was doing that at the end of the season, and even though some were dropping, I don't want him out there proving he can hit deep jump shots. You know, just just play your game, and if well, you have to shoot them, make them. But don't shoot them to to prove to us you've been working on them all summer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? right, right, right. We don't need the. We 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 know you've been trying. Like you don't have to get over the point. Wheeler's one of those guys too. If he makes his first long shot, you're like, oh god. Yeah, so I keep? said that's a that's a tough one. And uh, his form, his form, I know that definitely could could use a little work there. But I'm also one of those two, Drew, where it's very rare where somebody. It's different if that's not a part of your game. So, like, if you're a guy who's played primarily inside and you're going to stretch it out, okay, I can, I can be reasoned with that. But this dude's been playing point guard. He's been playing guard his whole life. He hasn't mm-hmm. been a shooter. He's not going to just miraculously yeah. become a shooter. It's like the big-arm quarterback that you – oh, he's going to all of a sudden become accurate. It's like – Josh Allen is one of the only examples I can think of that where he had a rocket arm – Poor completion percentage, and that improved. And some of it was just getting more talented receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I just, I don't, I, I, I tend to be hesitant to want to crown somebody if they. I mean, he's been shooting shots his whole life. Yeah, no, the, not much is going to change. It's going to be really hard to alter the way that he shoots the basketball. But, um, I, and I can see a little bit. I know it's been a heavy topic today of um, people like a scoring elite Calipari point guard that's typically six five or you know something like that. And I can totally appreciate that. I miss watching it too. I think that um. It did, you know, hurt them a little bit this year, but ultimately, I think that he still, um, still can get it done. But point taken, I know that um, I miss the Darren Foxes of the world as well. well we've got some more twin suggestions okay. that are trying to win tickets to Bourbon and Beyond or Louder Than Life on the Thornton's Text Line. You've got till tomorrow at eight a.m. to submit your suggestions, and who knows, I might get weird and just change the rules up at the eleventh hour. <laughs> might just be, we might just put a post on Facebook for you to enter your name, and we might just draw random numbers. So that could be another fun way to do it. Okay, I'm in. Andrew and Harrison for the Twins. Also, can't go wrong with Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Who are the most famous twins? Who are the most famous twins? Mary Kay Nashley? Yeah. Oh, that's the answer. Man, that's going to be <laughs> tough to top. I know that's kind of generational because it really was a 90s thing. that they, they, they didn't span – now, I, there had to be some famous sports to like Brooke and Robin Lopez, but Brooke's obviously better than the other. Um, I have a good question for you guys around twins because this this shocked me a little bit. What percentage of um, births do you think produce twins? It's going to be higher than we, we think. Don't ruin it, Justin. I would. I know. I'm, I'm going to guess. Know a lot eight, of twins. I'm going to guess eighteen percent. Oh my gosh. Ooh, was, I was going to go like ten. 
Okay, it it actually worked exact. I thought you guys were gonna be like less than one percent. It's two percent, which oh, really? I, I thought was high when they told me. I just feel like, but I then you think low. about it. And I was zigging and zagging. One or <laughs> one or two people you know might be a twin. I've been hearing you know tons of people. No, I'm a twin. I'm a twin. What are the famous twins we got? Though I don't like Marcus oh. and Markeith. I don't know why I just don't like them. Yeah, well, I do like that they're big on like let's settle this in the parking lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm you I know, know I have no real that's reason. A, that's to like old not school. Nick, them. That's the old school me. Or it's like we. Handle things with our fists in the parking lot. But um, if they had had a better career up to this point, you could say like Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin. Yeah. Okay. But that that, that the one that I googled and found, uh, I'm totally admitting that I I did Google this. Uh, Ronde and Tiki Barber. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the, the, Ronde the, and Tiki. Woo. Yeah. Where are we getting somewhere? I believe they both won Super Bowls, right? Yeah. Um, I remember hearing they're both ones. I'm kind of hoping too that they're both left-handed because you, if you played oh, any yeah. youth sport, yeah. if there's left-handed twins, that's all they're going to be known as in the whole city or their little things. Those left-handed twins. So I'm I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for lefty, B- bigger pitching contracts too. Pretty sure Rondé won with the Bucks and Tiki. I'm the not Giants. sure if he was on the Giants teams or not. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we also have T and Tamara Maori. Yeah, T and Tamara, yeah. Yep. The yeah. Olsen twins are the right answer. Sister, that is, sister. yeah. That what is about the, is it the Vander, what's their name, twins, Facebook guys? Oh, the Vandersloots or yeah. the Vander? Uh, Haas, Housens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were some. They were smart. They got rich and got the hell out of Facebook and let uh, Zuckerberg deal with. Man, you want to talk about, they made a movie about Zuckerberg and people liked him then. Now everybody hates him. Uh, Bad PR swing for that guy. Mo money, mo problem. <laughs> Another text says, we are was the only one creating in the St. Peter's game. Without him, it may not even go to OT. He has flaws, but people overreact to how the game ended. Yeah, and, and I... Yeah, that last play that did him no favors. I think that's burned in people's brain. And, I, and I, that's what I say. He puts pressure on, on both ends of the floor, and he, he tries to make a play. And I guess, too, part of me, Nick, after watching the season before last of just no one yeah. besides Davion Mintz even acting like they could create a shot for themselves, um, that was refreshing to me, even though it didn't always work out, to see a guy um, that was willing to try to at least make a play and get someone open because the previous year was just brutally to watch those 60-point games over and over and over. <sighs> Um, Joe and Brandon. My, my mom sent me in Joe too, cause Brown, Joe B. Oh, so that's not bad. We got Joe B. B. Joe Brown. Joe B. I like that. I do like that. Uh, another texture. Brad from Bellbrook here. If you could take one player from the Calipari Perry era and put him on the football team, excluding Willie, cause we all know he played wide <laughs> receiver. Who would you go with, and what position would you want them to play? I'd personally go with John Wall at wideout because he's tall, fast, crazy athletic, and can jump for days. Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, you go first. I don't want to think on this in a I minute. I feel like you, I got your, your boy, the real T. Jones, would be Ooh, yeah, a dude. good physical Isn't he too tall for end. football? I mean, he's 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 close. But, he, I mean, he's like 6'7". You can have Terrence Jones at tight end all you want. Give me uh, DeMarcus Cousins at tight end. No. See, I would say he is too tall. And he probably is. Why is he too tall? Because, like, have you ever seen – the only people who play football at 6-9 are offensive tackles. That's, let's change it up. Throw yeah. that – throw that, give that guy a route I in the end zone. I also don't think Boogie moves well enough for like football. He, he, like doesn't he, have, he doesn't have to, though. He's a big bowling ball. You, you just not, roll right through people. He'd be ejected in the first quarter, dude. Let's be serious. <laughs> That's true. Like he's, That's true. I don't, um, think, I don't think he lasts for football. Yeah, and there's also, like, uh, Lance Ware is always in the middle of scuffles, so I don't think he would shy away from contact. Put him on the defensive line 
You uh, know football is so different too, Nick, because I've had um, a coaches have said this in press conferences when I've been there during like the spring, summer type thing is like, till you put them pads on in an SEC, against an SEC player, yeah. nobody knows. They even say that with the high school kids. In those first few weeks of practice, I remember just the coaches like, oh. yeah, J.J. Weaver was one of them. Yeah, that dude's ready to pop. So you don't really know until the pads go on. But I'll say um, I'll, I'll take a blend of like a – a Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, and we're playing Lynn Bowden backyard quarterback football, man. So that's what I would do. Malik Monk, too, the country kind of strong. His kind of FU mentality. The Darren McFadden that, 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 from that would play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and his brother Marcus was a two-way player for Arkansas. Yeah, I remember that. That's part of the reason why people were so ticked is because Marcus was supposed to send his brother there, you know? You could put him in a block kicks, too, Malik Monk, just put oh, the man. lightest equipment you could on him and say, block this. Another texture says, Buki Cobbins and Ramel Bradley, both musically gifted and can play ball. Kelvin <laughs> Joseph, you want to stick to football names only. Eh, I don't know if you – Yeah, no. I don't know about that. Buki Cobbins, what a callback. I said Nerlens and Goose was on the list too. <laughs> Nerlens. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Uh, Mo and Bo. Mo and Bo, actually. we uh, TJ and I talked about that. Bo Brown, that's a strong name too, but uh, yeah. the rhyming. Rhyming gets tough when you're screaming at him. This next text, great. Uh, I have redneck cousins with the names Remington and Winchester. <laughs> You're welcome to those. Oh, man, that's oh, so wow. good. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. Could you imagine those being your cousins? I mean, you have to have uh, – like, uh, you're, you're... I will say, though, like, they are strong names. Yes. To get – this, the together is – Together, the, the that, issue, that yeah. it's a little bit much. That's um, funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but that does sound like somebody who owns a country club, you yep. know? The founder of a country club, Winchester Brown the yeah. Third. Yep. Remington. <laughs> I had two blind cavefish once, named him Ray and Charles. <laughs> 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 oh, these are these are the these are the jokes we needed today. Oh, John here again. Gosh darn it. Sorry guys. I misspoke about the heat. Forgot the Lakers did win. Thanks, Nick, for cleaning that up. I guess if the Heat keep this up and win some more conference finals and go to the NBA championship but lose, they would become the next Utah Jazz. Gotta go talk to you later. Much better comparison. Much, much better. I'm I'm tracking with them though. The Heat are, yeah. They're they're consistently good. What? Yes. Least, of of late. Well, we've made it to the nine o'clock hour. Woo! We did it. This is a lot of fun. Time flies when you're having fun, Big it Blue does, Drew. We does. appreciate you coming in. Uh, thanks for having me. The KRC Nation means so much to me. If ever someone like recognizes something that I've done or did, it's always Kentucky Roll Call. So we need like a uh, we need some T-shirts. We need some merch. I think we need some KRC merch, man. Yeah, I, need, I'm I agree. Around there. We've been missing out on the merch for a while. I think really just the sign that you're a KRC fan should be now that you roll your jeans. Yeah, I like it. I did, you checked this to see. That's I did. Right. I did just to make sure. <laughs> I would, uh, Is that not work attire? No. I, sometimes at work you can wear you know a pant above the ankle. I feel like if it's warm outside, depending on what you go. I got a little event this evening, so I went full you know full to the shoe tonight. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what? Not all of us can be as stylish as Big Butcher. Watch the NBA draft, and you'll see some some fabulous male capris and shoe action at the <laughs> NBA draft, man. It's going to be like that. That's really what that's like setting the bar for it right there. That's what inspires you to be at your best. Oh, man. I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, if you want to get in the action on tickets, submit your twin names for Big Blue Drew's uh, upcoming children that are coming this summer. To the Thornton's text line, you've got until 8 a.m. tomorrow, 502-414-1450. We also have a post on Facebook. We're going to get a little frisky, but we're going to give away some tickets. And we're also 
Having y'all call in tomorrow. Oh, wow. We're going to play another game of Name That Song. I really like the Name That Song, Justin. That was was fun. fun. So we'll do that again. We'll see you in 22 hours right here on Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call.